Hello everyone and welcome to my first ever podcast. In this podcast I'll be talking about two changes that we can see in the landscape of European football. One of them is the potential creation of the Bainer Liga, which will be a joint league with the top teams from Belgium and the Netherlands taking part in a newly created league where they'll hope to challenge the top five leagues in Europe, which currently is the English Premier League, France's Liga 1, Italy's Serie A, Spain's La Liga and Germany's Bundesliga. So they're hoping that the creation of the Bainer Liga will challenge those top five leagues and create a top six. And personally, I think that is a great idea for many reasons. Mainly because I'm fed up with the same teams dominating the Champions League and Europa League. And if you look at the winners of the Champions League since it first became the Champions League in the 92-93 season, or you take the last few seasons of the old European Cup, look at the whole of the 90s. So if you look at the whole of the 1990s, you'll see how less predictable it was back then compared to now. So if you look at the winners in 1990, that was AC Milan. 1999, sorry, not 99, I'm getting ahead of myself there. I remember 1999 very well, and I'm sure you all do as well. 1991, it was Red Star Belgrade. 1992, it was Barcelona in the last ever European Cup final before it became the Champions League. 1993, it was Marseille. 1994, it was AC Milan, with AC Milan being the only team to win the European Cup twice in the 1990s. 1995, it was Ajax, who I'll talk about a lot in this podcast. 1996, it was Juventus. 1997, it was my favourite team, Borussia Dortmund. 1998, it was Real Madrid. And finally, 1999, the one I got ahead of myself on, we all know it was Manchester United in their triple winning season. And if you look at the who won the Champions League in the 2010s in the last decade, it was Barcelona, Real Madrid, and Liverpool, and also Bayern Munich, so four different teams, compared to the 1990s when it was AC Milan, Red Star Belgrade, Barcelona, Ajax, Juventus, Borussia Dortmund, and Manchester United, seven different teams. So I think you can see the point I was making. You see the points I'm making. If you compare that to the 2000s, it was Real Madrid, uh, Bayern, Munich, Bayern Munich, AC Milan, Liverpool, and who else? I think that's it, four again. In fact, I've left one team out of the 2010s one. How can I forget the old German final? Well, unfortunately, from my point of view, Borussia Dortmund lost. They lost to Bayern Munich. So five different teams in the 2010s. So it was Barcelona, Real Madrid, Bayern Munich, Liverpool, 
yeah, four different teams in four different teams in 2010. So it was four different teams in 2000s and 2010s. Actually, Inter Milan, five different teams in 2010s. So 2010s, it was less predictable in the beginning of the 2010s, but in the 2010s, you had Real Madrid win three in a row and Barcelona seeming to win it. They won it twice, didn't they, in 2011 and 2015. But one thing which in the 2000s and 2010s, the Champions League had a habit of doing is fixtures repeating themselves. So when you're watching the draw, you see the teams and they're like, hang on, they played each other at the same stage last season or the season before. It gets hyped up and it's never as exciting as the original meeting. They all seem to cancel each other out. And now we get the Bainer Liga coming in. As you might remember in the last Champions League season, Eredivisie side Ajax reached the semi-finals of the 2018-19 Champions League. Where, from my point of view anyway, I really wanted them to win that semi-final. I wanted to see them in the final. I remember watching both legs with a friend in my flat and we were rooting for Ajax. In the first leg, Ajax beat Tottenham 1-0 in the new Tottenham Hospice Stadium and they got that crucial away goal. They won 1-0 with the away goal and then in the first half they went 2-0 up. And me and my friend were thinking, that's it, Ajax are in the final, Champions League is exciting. Then we all know what happened after that. Tottenham came back, won 3-2 in the night and went through an away goals. <laughs> With the commentator getting excited, but me looking there thinking, oh, that's just typical, isn't it? <laughs> Premier League sides always find a way out of a, <laughs> of a... When it looks like they're beaten, they come back and continue to dominate the Champions League. And you had Liverpool produce a comeback against Barcelona. So we could have had a Johan Cruyff final, but we had to settle for Liverpool v Tottenham instead. Yeah, I would have called it the Johan Cruyff final because Johan Cruyff played for both Ajax and Barcelona during his career. And he was the player and also manager who made those clubs great. I know he managed Barcelona, I'm not sure whether he managed Ajax, not sure on that one. Some of the you listening may know the answer to whether Johan Cruyff managed Ajax or not. He certainly played Ajax and made them a great side in the 70s, winning three European Cups in a row. But surprisingly, not all of you may know this, but Ajax were not the first Dutch club to become European champions. That was, in fact, their rivals, Feyenoord, who won the European Cup in 1970, beating Celtic in the final. PSV Eindhoven, the other big Dutch side, have also been European Cup winners. They became, they, they won the European Cup, I think it was in the late 80s, I think it was even 87 or 88. One of those years it was won by Porto and the other year it was won by PSV. I think it was 1988 where 
PSV Eindhoven won the European Cup. They, I think it was Benfica, they beat Benfica on penalties in 1988. They won it on a penalty shootout. That's what I remember from the archive footage. I wasn't born back then, I was born in 1989 and didn't start watching football until the 98-99 season. So all three of the Netherlands' big teams have won the European Cup at least once. When it comes to the other country in the potential Bena Liga, Belgium, as far as I know, no Belgian side has won a European trophy. I don't know about the UEFA Cup or Interfairs Cup, as it used to be called, before it became the UEFA Cup. They haven't really done much in the Europa League, but the creation of the Bena Liga will help Belgian sides get the money and resources to attract better players, help them develop great players and keep them as well so they don't gravitate off to La Liga or the Premier League or any of the other big five leagues. They stay at Club Brugge, Andelect or Standard Liège or whichever club they're at. Oh, Genk and Ghent. Thibaut Courtois used to play for Genk. He was at Genk before he went on loan to Alessio Madrid, then to Chelsea, and now he's a goalkeeper for Real Madrid. The closest a Belgian side has come to winning the European Cup was in 1978 when Club Brugge lost 1-0 to Liverpool who began the period of English dominance, the original period of English dominance in the late 70s and early 80s. After that you had Brian Clough's Nottingham Forest winning back-to-back -back European Cups following Liverpool winning them back-to-back -back in 77 and 78. And you also had Aston Villa winning the European Cup in the early 80s as well. That was a period of original English dominance and then Liverpool won the European Cup in 1984 and then between 2005 and 9 you had an English side in the Champions League final all the time. So when it comes to the Europa League and slash UEFA Cup as it was before then, originally it was dominated by it wasn't that predictable at first. We had the All-Italian final in 98, the first single leg of final. Then you had Parma beating Marseille 3-0 three, three in 99. Parma used to be one of the strongest Italian teams. Then you had Galatasaray being a surprise winner in 2000. Liverpool 2001 in the Alaves match. So you've got these teams reaching the final, you can't imagine reaching the final now, like Parma and Deportivo Alaves. 2002, Feyenoord, yep, Dutch team won the UEFA Cup, beating my favourite team, Borussia Dortmund, in the final. I remember watching that game. 2003, it was Sevilla beating Celtic, so Celtic had a surprise one run to the final then. No. What am I talking about? It wasn't severe. It was Jose Mourinho's Porto, which won in 2003. Sevilla wouldn't win their first UEFA Cup until 2005. 2004, 
had a surprise winner, CSK Moscow, beating Sporting Lisbon in, in Lisbon as well. 2005 and 6, that was when Sevilla, actually, was it, who won in 2005? No, it was 2004, it was Valencia, 2005, it was CSK Moscow, 2006 and 7, that was when it was Sevilla. I'm doing this unscripted, by the way, that's why I'm making some mistakes. And then 2008, you had Zenit versus Rangers, another surprise finalist. So the UEFA Cup, actually, if you look at it, has been more exciting than the Champions League often is. Then it became the Europa League, and then you had... Now we're currently going through a period of Iberian Peninsula and English dominance. So the only team who has won the Europa League who isn't an English or Spanish team it was FC Porto in the All Portuguese final in 2011. So maybe the Bena Liga could change that, break the mould in that case. So we'll have a team from Belgium or the Netherlands winning the Europa League. And now we're, I come to another one of the topics I'm going to talk about is the creation of the UEFA Europa Conference League. Now, what is that about, you may be asking, and how would it affect the champions in the Europa League? So, I'm going to say, don't worry, the Champions League we all know and love is going to stay the same. Possibly dominated by the same teams as well. Yeah. Though you might have Ajax, PSV or Feyenoord breaking the mould there. The... So that will stay the 32-team format, group stage, last 16, semi-final and final. It's the Europa League that the creation of the UEFA Conference League will change slightly. So as some of you may know, if you lose the last playoff match, instead of going into the Champions League or Europa League, you go into the league down. So currently, if you lose the final playoff qualifying game, you find yourself in the Europa League rather than the Champions League. The same will go for Europa League qualifiers. If you lose the final playoff match, you'll go into the UEFA Conference League instead of the Europa League. And the same happens if you finish third in the group stage. You drop into the league below. But currently, the Europa League is a 42-team setup with teams from the Champions League making up the numbers, increasing it slightly. So you have 24 teams qualifying from the group stage and the final eight teams will be teams who finish third in the Champions League. So they make up the numbers to create a last 32. So I hope you're following me there. It's a bit complicated, but if you think about it, it's quite simple really. That is going to change. It's going to be a little simpler. You'll be pleased you pleased to know when the UEFA Europa Conference League starts, which will be next season. So each competition, the Champions League, the Europa League, and the UEFA Europa Conference League will be all thirty-two teams. There will not be a last 32 in either of those leagues, either the Europa League or UEFA Europa Conference League. Instead, 
the teams which finish second in the group stage and drop for from the either the Champions League or Europa Conference League, depending which league you are, whether the Europa League or Europa, Europa Conference League, won't be a last 32 at all. Instead, there'll be a playoff match between the runners-up in the group and the team which, which have dropped from the league above. The teams which win the group won't have to play that playoff. They'll go straight to the quarter-finals. So there won't be any last 16 anymore. Or actually, no. What am I saying? There won't be a last 32, but there will be a last 16. So there won't be a last 32 stage. So it'll make the knockout games more entertaining. It could make the group stages more entertaining. Of course, it makes it gives teams more of a reward if they win the group rather than qualifiers runners up. Because we have had cases where finishing runners up has been a disadvantage. In the Champions League because if you remember during Real Madrid's three in a row they sometimes finished runners-up in their group uh, teams like yay great I've won the league <laughs> I've won the group and I finished top of my group who am I up against Real Madrid oh no I'm not gonna get a softer opponent after all I'm up against Real Madrid with Cristiano Ronaldo screwing a hat-trick to knock my team out <laughs> So there's more of a reward for winning your group in the Europa League and UEFA Europa Conference League. So why is there a creation of UEFA Europa Conference League? What's all that about, you may be asking? How will it be different to the Europa League? Well, the UEFA Europa Conference League will be a competition which will give traditionally great clubs who seem to have fallen from grace because of the money in football. You've got teams like Rapid Vienna, Austria Vienna, Slavia Prague, Sparta Prague, Stara Bucharest, who are now known as FCSB because of a controversy surrounding their owner. So now that's a different story. If you want to know the story about how Stara Bucharest became FCSB, Go onto YouTube and watch the club with no name. That will explain the story and what happened. So you've got these teams from so-called lesser leagues who are losing out because the other big leagues are getting richer as other clubs. So this is what I see the UEFA Europa Conference League for. Giving traditionally great clubs a chance to become European champions. So if you look at the teams in the newly created UEFA Europa Conference League, the smaller countries will have the most teams in it. And the big five leagues only have one team in it, unless they, they could have more, but one initially qualifying, unless they finish third in the Europa League group or <coughs> lose a playoff match to qualify for the Europa League, they might drop into the UEFA Conference League, the big five league teams, but they won't be the dominant teams in those countries. There'll be teams who are medium size. So you, realistically, you can have a team like West Ham from England. 
being in the final against Panathinaikos from Greece. Or you can have ties such as Bohemians from Ireland up against Hibs from Scotland. So you'll see teams from the Irish League or Northern Irish League. So you could have a team from the Republic of Ireland play a match against a team from Northern Ireland. So you can have Shamrock Rovers play Linfield in the UEFA Europa Conference League. So have a lot of really interesting ties and you might find out about teams who you've never heard of before. The way I got into teams from other countries was when I was a child I used to be a big fan of the English Premier League. I used to collect the sticker annuals. And back when the Champions League or UEFA Cup was on terrestrial TV, remember when ITV used to show the Champions League and remember when Channel 5 used to show the UEFA Cup? So the UEFA Cup later moved to ITV and now they're all on subscription channels, which you'll have to pay to subscribe to. Uh, I used to look at the Radio Times and think, great, I'm going to watch, let's say, for example, Arsenal versus Inter Milan. I tune in, looking forward to Arsenal v Inter Milan, and now the announcer says, and now on STV, Celtic versus Anderlecht. I was thinking, what, I have to wait to the late night highlights, because I live in Scotland, to watch the, the Arsenal match. So I used to record the highlights and watch them and find out what happened in the games involving the English leagues. But because I lived in Scotland, I used to be surprised about, instead I have to watch Celtic or Rangers play, who I'm not a fan of, the old firm. So I used to root for the other team, I used to root for Celtic or Rangers as opponents. And by doing that, I used to learn about a lot of these teams from other countries. So I found out about Anderlecht being a bit, one of the big teams from Belgium. They're also famous for being mentioned in the film Bendit Like Beckham as well. The team Jess dreams about scoring against. That's another uh, one of Anderlecht's claims to fame. They feature in the film Bendit Like Beckham. So, and also used to learn about teams like Chateau Donetsk, Art Media Bratislava, who are now under a different name. Remember when Celtic played against them. Uh, I remember seeing Rangers play CSK in Moscow as well, and Spartak Moscow often used to play against Celtic and Rangers quite a lot as well. So I learned all about these teams from other countries, and I was rooting for them when they were playing against Celtic or Rangers. I find it more fun. I find it really fun to root for the team the commentators biased against. And I get a lot of, have a lot of fun doing that, cheering when the commentator's like, oh no, I've conceded. It's heartbreak for Celtic or Rangers or whatever English team's playing as well. I like to root for foreign teams and I like to learn about them. So... I learn a lot about these different leagues and 
The UEFA Europa Conference League will give us all opportunity to learn more about teams we might previously have never heard of. So that is why I'm looking forward to the UEFA Europa Conference League. In the historic first final in the UEFA Europa Conference League, we played in Chirina in Albania. So Albania will be in the spotlight when the historic first ever UEFA Europa Conference League final will be played. So I'm looking forward to, I'm hoping the Bena League will be created to give Belgian and Dutch teams more of a chance competing on the European big stage. We might see Ajax winning the Champions League again. And we could also see Feyenoord, for example, winning the Europa League. They've won the UEFA Cup in 2002. And Belgian teams will be hopefully become more competitive with the creation of the Bena Liga. And I'm looking forward to that first ever UEFA Europa Conference League final in Turina in Albania. So football history could be made there. So we'll be witnessing more football history in the near future and I'm thoroughly looking forward to it. Thank you for listening to my first ever podcast.